Brother Hamid grew up in Iran and came to know Jesus as a young man. He has a message for each of us. We need to engage with Muslims just as Christians engaged with him to share the love of Christ. We have to go after Muslim people. We are not allowed to stop. If we love people, if we love people come to Christ, if we love our family member to believe in Jesus, we have to love, uh, love another nations, another, uh, another religion. It doesn't matter, Muslim people, community, uh, communist or uh, Hindu or Hindu, does not matter who they are. If they are not in Christ, they have not any hope and any future. So we need to go after Muslim people. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Two weeks ago, we heard part one of the story of Hamid. He grew up as a Muslim in Iran, but came to understand the gospel after meeting Christians in an online chat room. He surrendered his life to Christ, but that put him in a very tough position, ostracized by his family, living for Jesus while serving in the Iranian military. When we left off the story, Hamid had been assigned army duty far from his home, he was regularly being interrogated and pressured to renounce his faith in Jesus, but he looked at this assignment as an opportunity to share the love of Jesus wherever he was. If you missed the first half of our conversation, I want to commend that to you. Go and listen to it at vomradio.net. I asked Hamid why the military authorities continued to interrogate him while he served in that remote location. You know, in the beginning, they thought that I'm a spy. As a usual, all people are thinking Middle East. If you're Christian, then you are a spy. So, But after a while, when they found, okay, this is a normal soldier, they, they tried to convince me that I'm wrong, especially the uh, religious court. Right, the mullahs. They, yeah, they, they offered me a great position in military. They told me, you don't need to come to the IT department, just come in our office in town. I told them, uh, you know, I'm a soldier. I cannot make a decision. You have to talk with my commander. If they send me, I will come there with all of my heart and I will work in for you. But right now, I am there. I cannot leave my position. They tried to convince me that I'm wrong. But I showed them that I'm only simple Christian. I need to pray a lot on that time. And when it came to the torture... Was that a designed to get you to convert back to Islam? If we beat this guy hard enough, surely he'll give up Christianity and, and come back to Islam? When they're asking questions and you don't have any answer for those questions, they thought you hide something from them. So, so like what kind of questions would they ask? What's a network you are working for them? Oh. What is the underground churches? I told them nothing. Just, and they asked me that, who convinced you? Who baptized you? Because in Iran, uh, if you get baptized, uh, usually they have, you will face the problem. But the big problem is for the man who baptized you. 
Right. And they tried to find more information through me. And really, I don't have anything because I was not baptized on that, on that right. time. So after a while, just they beat me with hanger and sometimes they warm it. I said, okay, I don't have anything. You can kill me. I don't have anything to share with you. And I was not baptized. And after a while, they said, okay, he doesn't have anything. What was going on in your heart and in your mind during that time? I mean, when somebody is beating you with a hanger and trying to cause as much pain and suffering as they can in your life, what was going on in your heart? When you read the gospel from beginning, Jesus teaches us, this word doesn't have anything for you. This word will come to be your enemy. They will come to kill you. Even if they killed me, they want right. to kill me. The they world hates me. me. If you exactly. follow me, the world's going to hate you too. Exactly. So these verses are come to our mind. That I am like this one. I'm sinners. And also he is sinners. If Jesus saved me, Jesus will able to save him. I have to only pray for him. Does not matter. He beat me. He made a hard time because he is blind to the darkness. And I was in the darkness. Now I am with Lord. And as Paul says, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. No hang, hunger, no, no one, nothing. And on those uh, days, these verses come to my mind that nothing will be able to separate us, separate you, separate you, Hamid, from the love of Christ. And that caused I had a great and joy in my heart and pray for them also. I prayed for my family. You know, after 15 years, three months ago, one day my father called me. and Usually I'm in contact with them. And my father asked me in the morning, Hamid, I have a question. So, okay, what's your question? Usually you are not calling me and asking a question. <laughs> he said, why you said that Jesus is a son of God? I said, what, daddy? He said, why you are saying that Jesus is son of God? I said, okay, before I want to explain to this question, let me share something else with you. All of these years that I'm Christian, I pray for you that one day will come that you ask this one. And this is a day for you. And you have to think in. You don't have any other option, Daddy. And then I, for three hours, we were on the phone, and I explained to him. I told him that I'm not expected that right now you hang the phone and said, okay, I'm Christian, but I believe something else happened in your heart. And, and those days, it was the same thing for me. I prayed for them, and I don't know where are they, and where are they, those guys, but I believe that if they are not come to Christ, if they are alive, they will hear the gospel. You have to make a decision. You don't have any alternative. You don't have any other way. Only one way exists, and that way is Jesus. And you have to make a decision in your life. And we are, as a Christian, with honor and privilege, going to share the gospel with people even if they make hard times for us, even if they want to torture us. I'm so encouraged by God's presence in that very difficult time Amen. and by God's ability to bring back Scripture to your mind. But I think that also points to the importance of, of reading the Scripture when you have it, putting it in there 
so that in those trying times, God has something to bring back up into your memory. Oh, hey, remember that verse about, I will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm with you right now. So just want to encourage our listeners, be sure you're a person of God's Word. Be sure Mm -hmm. that you are spending time in the Word and putting it in your heart and putting it in your mind so that when hard times come— uh, you have something to bring out, and God has something to work with to bring back into your mind. Hamid, you are ministering today to Iranians, both Iranians in America and Iranians in Iran through Iran Alive Ministries. Why are Iranians so open to the gospel? It's a good good question. Uh, you know, God's sovereignty, it caused that people today the, the Iranian people, Farsi speakers, they are going to be open. If 40 years ago you asked this question, that why Islamic revolution happened in Iran, no one can was able to give you any true answer. But as a Christian, as a man that our family hanged and executed, I lost my beloved nephew and uncles. Today, I want to say, God used those evils to turn Iranian people to him, into him. Islam is not the true answer for all of the humanity. And specifically in Iran, God chose Farsi speakers, Iranian people, to show them that what is the reality of Islam is not peace. We are not worshiping the same God. God of the Bible is completely different than God of Quran. And God, through all these years working, and if you look at the history, we are in climax of Christianity in Iran. When we compare the last 100 years with the past 13th century, we never had this amount, this amount of Iranian that are coming to Christ. People, they found Islam is wrong. And every day, they call into IAM, to Iran Allied Ministries, and through the website, through emails, and they said that how they meet the Lord Jesus, how God gave them the uh, vision, even if they don't have Bible or scripture, but God is not stopped to working. Those ones that belong to God will hear the gospel. And this is our ministry, that we share gospel with them. Without preaching the word, no one can hear the gospel. And faith is only come through the gospel, by hearing the gospel. So it's our privilege that we brought casting into Iran uh, and also other tools that we are using to share gospel with them. You know, I think of, of so many people who watched the revolution from afar in Iran in 1979. The Ayatollah takes power. It's an Islamic government, it's an Islamic republic, and thought, oh, this is terrible for the church. This is the worst thing that could happen for the gospel in Iran. And now here we are, almost 40 years later, and it's turning out to be the best thing that could happen for the gospel. It is showing the people the true face of Islam, and they are saying, I want something else. I want something different. My hope and my belief is that ISIS is doing for Sunnis what— the Iranian revolution did for Shias. It is showing the true face of Islam, and it is presenting people with a choice. Do you want to follow this religion, or would you like to hear about God is love? God is uh, the one who gives hope to us. So 
as we finish up, we're talking with Brother Hamid from Iran. As we finish up today, Hamid, we always want to equip our listeners to pray, and this week especially to pray for Iran. How can we pray not only for the church, for our brothers and sisters there, but for the nation as a whole in Iran? First of all, praying that we as a Christian will be able to share the gospel with them. We need uh, new leaders that they're equipped with scripture, with knowledge of our Lord and share the gospel. So we need uh, new leaders. So the second one, please praying for Iranian that when they hear the gospel, they make their heart soften and uh, they don't have any other choice, only darkness or light. And just praying that we as a Christian be able to provide them resources, government, they close the building churches, printing the Bible is prohibited and limited. We need a new way to share the gospel, to distribute the gospel and uh, a scripture among the Iranian. We believe that one day Iranian nations, they are turned to the Christianity in this generation, maybe, God knows. Amen. I want to ask you one last question, Hamid, because some of our listeners are in fellowship with Muslims. You know, they have a coworker or they go to school with a Muslim and they want they want to share the gospel. They want to have that conversation that that leads a Muslim closer to Christ. Would you give them some advice uh, about how to start that conversation or how to steer that conversation towards spiritual things and eternal things? In Texas, that a church that I'm attending, and also I have a pastoral internship over there, we have MBU. MBU is meaning Meeting for Better Understanding. Mm-hmm. We have a Muslim ministry. We are going to the mosques and meet the leaders, invite them with their people to come to the church. We choose a topic and we ask them, we want to have a discuss with you. We don't want to come here and say we are too religion that we want to talk in between. You are right. We are right too. No, we want to open the questions a lot and ask them, okay, now we wanted to pray. Our Lord is working among them. One day, one of the mosques, their woman, 15 of them, laid a few days later after our meeting, after our MBU, they came and said, we want to come to the worship center of your uh, service of your church. Say, praise God. Amen. We have to go after Muslim people. We are not allowed to stop. If we love people, if we love people come to Christ, if we love our family member to believe in Jesus, we have to love, uh, love another nations, another uh, another religion. Doesn't matter, Muslim people, community, communist or Hindu or Hindu. Does not matter who they are. If they are not in Christ, they have not any hope and any future. So we need to go after Muslim people. If you have church, I want to encourage you to pray for this one and find your friends. Open a relationship with them first. First of all, they need to have a relationship and they need trust because in Islamic teaching, they taught that no one are true, specifically Christian and Jews. Turn them in relationship with them and also offer them 
a Bible in their own language and ask them to read it and what they think about it. And if they find any problem, just come to you and ask what is the, what is the problem. If they said uh, this part of Bible is changed, just ask them, okay, just come and show me. Because I, I did it a lot of times. And people, they went read the scripture very exactly and specifically word by word to find that Bible talking about Muhammad. And they never find anything. And they said, why your, the gospel is not talking about Muhammad or Islam? So, okay, just come on. Let us to share gospel with you from Genesis to Revolution. Our life must be Christ-centered in any section and in any outreach. Amen. So I want to encourage you, if you have Muslim coworkers or friends, build that relationship, build that friendship. Offer them a Bible. Say, hey, this is a, a sacred book to me. I want you to have a copy, and I want you to be able to read it and understand. And pray always, without ceasing, that God will open those doors. This week especially, we want to encourage you to pray for the nation of Iran. God is doing amazing things in Iran, uh, and we want to pray that that will continue and pray for our brothers and sisters there as they represent Christ in their communities, in their society. Brother Hamid, thank you for your testimony, and thanks for being willing to share with us here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Brother Todd. Thank you for inviting me, and I enjoyed to have discussion for you, and I pray for all of your audience that God is working in you and glorify in you and through you all. Amen. Amen. Today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, Hamid has been sharing why it's so important to form a relationship with your Muslim neighbors and coworkers. Show them love, establish a relationship, and watch for opportunities to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about the hope that you have in Christ. Dan Bauman agrees. He's a gospel worker with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and the author of a book called Cell 58 about his imprisonment in the country of Iran. He was with us last month here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Here's what he said about why relationships are so important. It's the simple reality of taking an initiative. With Muslims, especially in America, they might not feel welcome. They might not feel really wanted. And we have a wonderful opportunity to simply say hi. And that little moment of initiative towards a, a hello can open a friendship. And as we do that, it's not that hard to develop the friendship. We don't have to get right into, you know, Christian things, but become a friend. Maybe invite them for a coffee or say, tell me about your family or tell me about your story. Let them know that you're not angry towards their nation or angry towards their ethnicity. Let the friendship slowly develop. And out of that, what's going to probably happen is not only will they open up, but they're going to want to tell you about their life. And out of that, there will often come their needs, felt needs, challenges in their life with their family, situations. And that's a really open door to share about Jesus because you can simply share from your experience or your friends how they found Jesus was helpful in that situation. And letting that open the door for caring and loving and compassion and prayer 
prayer is a wonderful thing. They're not going to be against you to pray to Jesus and pray for them. They think that was an honor. And let that develop the friendship to where down the road you can be more direct with some maybe more direct things and just let that develop over time. What I love about that answer is it's it's not hard. No. I don't I don't have to have a PhD. <laughs> I just have to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> I have to strike up a conversation. I have to drink a cup of tea with someone. Well, hey, I drink cups of tea anyway, so that's not going to take that much effort on my part. Uh, I want to ask your advice for particularly young people who may be feeling a call to ministry or missions or the nations. Talk to them about what they can do to to seek out that call, to confirm that call, and then how to start preparing themselves for that kind of ministry. Let the love of God overtake your heart. When it takes over your heart, you want to respond and love God back. And that's really where so much missional call is. When it's love-based, love seems to have the ability to cause us to move forward when we don't expect you know, something to go the way we thought when, when we have hardships, when we have challenges. That's where love is such a deep motivator of the human heart, um, more than just a task to be done. Once that begins to grow and be established, I think, yeah, caring and taking initiative towards loving people right where we're at is a great beginning point. I would begin to look at you know, your local church situation is towards mission trips, towards visiting nations, visiting other places, maybe get some books and start reading stories of people from that part of the world and let that grow in your heart and really begin to run after this reality, which again, so many young people already have is they really don't have an anger towards another culture. You know, they love each other well. Something I'm really learning from my younger friends. Wow, they love well. And so just start doing that, you know, in your heart towards other cultures, thinking of visiting, thinking of going, and then let that grow towards, okay, I want to get more involved. And one thing that's really helped me in my thought of missions is what if I thought of missions not so much as to where and what it would look like, but more of a heart that says, I want to be open to this for the rest of my life. So it's not just for a moment. I think thinking of our life scares us. It's not about that you have to go. It's about a simple thing that God, whatever my involvement, big or small, whatever it looks like internationally, I'm open, you know, and I don't close that door because the love of God is what constrains us, what pushes us forward. And so that's what's really helped me in continuing to leave that an open door. And then, you know, I think another big deal is that as you walk forward, that you not feel a lot of shame if you're not going or shame if you're enjoying life. Well, God enjoys life. So, yeah, that we not get to a place of shame, like, oh, what I'm not doing or should have done or can't do. No, let the love of God push us forward. No, he's happy with our lives. And so from that place of joy and peace, I want to help. I want to maybe help more than I have been or do something new. And 
it's often like situations or things we see on TV or stories from friends we hear that ignites in us to take initiative towards looking for opportunities. Let that be a continuous part of life. That's Dan Bauman, a gospel worker with YWAM. He's the author of a book called Cell 58 about his imprisonment in Iran. Dan joined us just a few weeks ago here on VOM Radio to tell us that dramatic, moving story about his imprisonment and ultimately his release from prison. Dan's explanation of what it looks like to love your enemies is very powerful, and I hope that you'll listen by visiting our website, vomradio.net. Before Dan this week, we heard from a man we're just calling Brother Hamid in order to protect his security. If you missed any of his story, again, you can find that at vomradio.net. You know, Saudi Arabia is one of the most closed countries on earth when it comes to gospel work. Next week, we're going to meet a Christian woman from that closed nation. We're going to hear her story of coming to Christ. Be back next week to hear her amazing story right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.